theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this thought to you this afternoon. Fool's gold. Fool's gold. Earlier in 2 Corinthians, Paul shares how glorious the ministry that God has given him. It's not because Paul is special in any way, shape, or form, but because the ministry Uh, what God is doing in his life. It's because the ministry brings life to others. It brings salvation and righteousness. And if you're a part of the EC family, you understand our mission is to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. It is that relationship that transforms lives. And if you're thankful to be a part of a life-giving church, you ought to just magnify God. Praise God. Because that's what we do. We are dealers of hope. We are dealers of life change. We are offering people extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Praise God. We all have this mission and we all have this ministry. And we need to realize that it is a gift that God has given to each of us. And it's not because of what we've done or who we are. It's because of God's mercy, not because of anything else. And I want you to know this. We've been through a lot, but the way you and I look at ministry helps determine how we will fulfill it. Isn't that good? The way that you and I look at ministry will determine how we will fulfill it. That's just life in general. No matter how you look at a thing, it's how you will fulfill it. How you look at your academic pursuits will determine how you fulfill it. How you look at your relationships will determine how you engage and have life-changing, life-transforming, deep, meaningful relationships. How you look at chores or responsibilities, how you look at those things will determine how you fulfill it. This is why it's so important that we have the right attitude and we have the right perspective when it comes to serving God and serving others. Because it's critical in how God will use us. Can I tell you, Paul had the right attitude. Praise God. Attitude is everything. Zig Ziglar said it like this. Your attitude determines your altitude. Paul had the right biblical attitude. He understood a few things. And because he had the right perspective, Paul, it kept him from being a quitter. Praise God. It kept him from being a deceiver. It kept him from being a self-promoter. As a matter of fact, he went on to say, we don't preach ourselves. We preach Jesus Christ. When we have the right perspective and we understand, I'm not doing this for an attaboy. I'm not doing this for a pat on the back. I'm doing it for the glory of God. Praise God. And when you're doing a thing for the glory of God, he'll get the glory. He'll give us the victory and we'll give 
give him the praise. You ought to just say, God, I'm not in this for myself. And if you are, can I tell you, pray, God, recalibrate my attitude. Help me to get my sights off of myself and on to you because we can all be distracted from time to time. But now is not the time to be distracted. Now is the time to say, God, I'm doing this for you and not for man. Praise God. We have valuable treasure. (laughs) I love talking about treasure. What we have is valuable. In verse seven of the text that I read to you, Paul tells us that the believer is simply an earthen vessel or a jar of clay. It is the treasure within the vessel that gives the vessel its value. I want you to hear that again. It is the treasure within the vessel that gives the vessel its value. In other words, it's not predicated upon your talents. This is encouraging me. It's not predicated upon my intelligence. It's not predicated upon my relationships, my affluence, or the lack thereof. It's predicated upon the spirit of God dwelling in me and my willingness to say, God, I'm available. You can use me like that song says, Lord, I'm available to you. Lord, I'm available to you. Y'all know that song. I'm talking about saying, God, I'm available to you. You saying, God, I'm available to you. The important thing about being a vessel is that we be clean, empty, and available for God's service. Each of us must seek to become a vessel of honor, sanctified, in other words, set apart, okay, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. See, we are vessels so that God might use us. You are a vessel. Look at your neighbor if you're on an in-person worship experience and say, you're a vessel. Praise God. And if you're at home and online, you know what? Just give us a shout out and say, I am a vessel. Praise God. But here's the deal. I want you to understand this. We are also earthen vessels so that we might not depend on our own intuition, our own intelligence, but that we might depend upon the power of God. Let me tell you when we'll begin to depend on the power of God, when we focus on the treasure and not the vessel. See what happens when you focus on the treasure, what's on the inside, the spirit of God. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit. When you've received that and you focus on that and not this package, you'll begin to see the power of God flow through your life like never before. And this is, this is why we can get distracted because trials are going to come. This is what God has laid on my heart. Trials are a part of life. Trouble. Listen, you don't have to do anything for trouble to find you. As a matter of fact, each of us have lived long enough where trouble has found you. You might have moved and relocated and thought, oh man, that's what I needed. A fresh start. I'm good to go. Boy, trouble came right around the corner knocking on your door. Trouble will find you, whether it's in a diagnosis, whether it's in a split or fractured relationship, whether it's in unmet expectations, trouble will find you. Whether it's in a loss of job, whether it's in not getting the job that you wanted, I'm telling you, trouble will find you. Whether it's losing a loved one or it's COVID-19, trouble will find you. But see, Paul was not afraid of suffering. 
He was not afraid of trials because he knows that God would guard the vessel. So as long as Paul was guarding the treasure, praise God, we have to learn to value the right things. Don't get me wrong. I understand you want that job or you miss the job that you had. But can I tell you that job was not your employer? Jesus Christ is your employer. Value him. I know you might be missing in a relationship or you might not be fulfilled in that relationship. But can I tell you that relationship is not designed to complete you. Jesus Christ completes you. The Bible says that we are complete in him. Praise God. So we have to guard the treasure, our walk with God, the spirit of God. We have to speak life into it and feed our spiritual man. And we have to realize that when we have Jesus, we have everything that we need. Does anybody feel that way this afternoon? Because I have him, every need is supplied. Because I have him, I have no reason to fear. Because I have him, praise God. And what we need to understand about trials is God permits trials. God controls trials and God uses trials for his own glory. Simply put, God is glorified through weak vessels. Missionary J. Hudson Taylor said it like this. He said, all God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on his being with them. See, sometimes God allows our vessels to be jarred so that some of the treasure will spill out and enrich the lives of others. Suffering not only reveals the weakness of man, but it reveals the glory of God. See, Dr. John Henry Jowett, he said this, uh, just a story I, 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 I share it with you. He said, ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. He was right because a Pastor friend goes on to say, heard a young man preach an eloquent sermon. He and this friend heard this young man preach an eloquent sermon, but it was missing something. There was something missing. And he said to his friend, he said, well, something's missing. What is it? His friend said, yeah. And it won't be there until his heart is broken. After he suffered a while, he, then he'll have a message worth listening to. Can I tell you? Sometimes you have to go through stuff for you have a message. Sometimes you have to go through stuff so that you can really be salt to the world. Sometimes you have to go through stuff so that you can be light to the world. Sometimes you have to go through stuff and so you can be broken and unwilling to rely on yourself and be puffed up in your pride or in our pride. And COVID-19 has radically impacted so many aspects of life. Employment businesses have either radically reinvented themselves or fossilized. How we interact with our colleagues, shopping, mask, dining, physical abuse has gone through the roof in domestic relationships. Domestic abuse, suicide and suicide attempts have escalated tremendously during this season. What we need to recognize is this. I want you to hear me. We need to recognize that things that happen to us have the potential to affect us in terms of our spiritual man. Even, I, I need you to get this. See, the events that rock our world can ultimately become the events that rock our faith. We're being naive if we don't acknowledge and understand that life is going to get to you. 
See, my humanity dictates that I will be affected by these things. Hear me. But the Holy Ghost has the power to ensure that I'm not infected by these things. COVID-19 has done a lot to us. There is a virus happening here. And you all know I believe, and I believe scripture teaches this clearly, that what's happening in the natural is often a reflection of what's taking place in the spirit. But yes, COVID-19 is a virus and it is affecting us, but it doesn't have to infect us. Are you hearing me today? Any crisis in life has the opportunity to become a crisis in faith. This is why I want to encourage some of you all in love. I respect everybody's opinion and assessment to stay at home. I want you to take the necessary steps that you feel comfortable with, but I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt as your pastor, I would not do anything to put you in harm's way. I'm telling you, we have sanctified this place. I'm being a bit humorous when I say that, but we have sanitized this place with everything you can think of and then some. It will blow everything up and disintegrate it all. We have cleaned it thoroughly. We have taken every precaution that is in alignment with provincial recommendations and mandates. I'm telling you, you need to come and be in the presence of God. You need to come and be with fellow believers and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And I understand for those that are ready, we'll be here when you're ready and we want you to come. And when you're at home, I want you to lift up the name of Jesus. Pray and lean in a little bit and get focused and let God speak to you. But don't allow, don't allow this crisis in life to become a crisis in faith. The miraculous, it happened all the time in Jesus's ministry. The disciples, they witnessed many great and notable miracles. I mean, they watched in amazement as blind eyes were open, the dead raised. They heard Jesus uh, just command a life-threatening storm, peace, be still. They saw thousands fed by the miracle of the multiplication of uh, a few loaves and, and fish. The list of Jesus's miracles go on and on. It was literally inexhaustible. So much so that the Bible says in the book of John, that the books couldn't, or the world could not contain all of the books that would list or itemize everything that Jesus did. Praise God. We serve a God that is able. I just want to push pause and ask you, is there anything too hard for God? Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in that. There isn't. There isn't. There is nothing too hard for God. And the reason why I feel like I'm declaring that right now is because where we're venturing into, God is leading me. And I want you to know that there is nothing too difficult for God. He can remove any obstacle. He can remove any heartache. He can remove any doubt. He can remove any scenario. God is able. And if you believe that, give him praise in this place. If you're with us in person, open up your mouth and give God glory. Open up and say, God, you're able. Praise God. Praise God. See, never before had humanity witnessed the miracles, the hand of God, the miraculous hand of God in such an overwhelming, intangible way. And amazed and and at all as the disciples were, it was not these miracles that pushed them to the brink of, could this be, or doubt, if you will. No, that challenge would come closer toward the end of Jesus's earthly ministry. Jesus had instructed the disciples. I want you to see this in Luke 17, verse 3. He said, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. 
And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Do you know what their response was? Look, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. See, when I have been sinned against, there is a reality that I am more inclined to sin against someone else. The 55th Psalm, check this out. It says this in verse 12, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, my, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throne. See, what I'm talking about is those that we sit with and those that sit alongside of us. It's perhaps the one who is delivering the message. It's the family we spend holidays with. It's the social functions. It's the people we work with. Or perhaps it's closer than that. Perhaps it's the people you grew up with, you confide in. Or perhaps it's the one you sleep next to day in and day out. The reality is this, the closer the relationship the more severe the offense can be. And you'll find the greatest hatred among people who are once close to one another. You know what attorneys will tell you? That the most vicious cases are the cases of divorce. The American media constantly reports murders in homes by desperate family members. See, the home meant to be a shelter of protection, provision, and growth where we learn to give and receive love is often the very root of our pain. History shows, you all know I love the Civil War, that period, excuse me, I loved studying that period of history. History shows that the bloodiest wars are civil, brother against brother, son against father, or father against son. The bottom line is this, hurt people hurt people. But can I just tell you something that I want you to get today? Our ability to process hurt is critical to our spiritual success. This wilderness was not designed to destroy you. This COVID-19 season was not designed to impede harm upon you. We have to handle it the right way. See, offended people, when you're offended, you can produce much fruit, hurt, Anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, strife, bitterness, hatred, envy. And some of the consequences of picking up an offense are insults, or you attack people, you wound people, division, if you will, separation, broken relationships, betrayal, and even backsliding. Often those who are offended don't even realize it, but they're trapped and they don't even know it. Can I tell you, you don't have to be frozen at that time or moment. Don't live in that moment for the rest of your life. Don't live in that moment where somebody offended you or took advantage of you. Yes, you can be affected, but you don't have to be infected.
You cannot stop caring. I'm trying to encourage someone today. You cannot do ministry disconnected. You can't do this Christian life isolated and alone. You cannot decide that I'm not going to allow anyone to ever hurt me again. You can't do effective ministry at an arm's length. Be very concerned when you don't feel anything. If you haven't felt the presence of God or if you haven't felt a burden for those that are hurting or broken or if you don't feel a longing to connect with someone, something is amiss. I'm reaching for you today. The Spirit of God is challenging you today. This is the very reason why second marriages fail exponentially more than first-time marriages because the people didn't figure out what was the problem in the first one and then their second marriage dissolves just as quick. I'm here to tell you, you need to learn something today. You have to learn how to be immunized against this virus, against offense. It's going to happen, but how we respond is critical. Maturity says, I'd rather take a little bit of pain and move on. Maturity says, I'd rather take what is uncomfortable if it helps protect me. See, I need you to think about this for a moment. There is such a, a difference here. You go to the doctor. I can't remember something happened in me when I was younger. I used to hate needles. I would get, I wouldn't panic and really wild out or anything, but I get, I'd cry and I'd just, you know, be really nervous. But something happened to me. I realized what the doctor was giving me an immunization was good for me. Okay. And I realized as I matured in my faith, though it was difficult for me as I matured as an individual, though I didn't want to get the shot, I realized that the shot was there to help me. Maturity says it might be uncomfortable, but if it will protect me, I'll deal with it. Praise God. This is why some of us need to understand what I'm trying to put to you in the Holy Ghost. Some of us, if we're not careful, we're deceived. We're oblivious to our conditions because we're so focused on the wrong that was done to us. The most effective way for the enemy to blind us is to cause us to focus on ourselves. One way the enemy keeps a person in an offended state is to keep the offense hidden, cloaked with pride. See, pride prevents us from admitting our true condition. I can remember, you all know my story with my father. You might know some of it, but I grew up, my father was my hero. I still love that man and I honor him today. My father, though, ended up making a few missteps that wreaked havoc upon our family. You all know he had to serve a mandatory minimum in a federal penitentiary for almost 15 years. And I went from being a very, uh, I, you know, I just grew up being a very bitter teenager. This happened when I was a preteen and later on in life, I can remember, uh, I didn't know a lot about cutting grass and doing your manual labor. I didn't know those things. And um, I, my dad was with me. He was out now. Sarah and I bought our first home and we had a few acres. And I can remember pushing the lawnmower. Um, I would just a push mower. Didn't even have self-propelled. It was a disaster. It took me Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to cut that grass. Um, but you know what? One day I was telling my dad and he's like, man, what are you doing? Let me come down and show you the zero turn. And I can remember, uh, I didn't even know what a zero turn was. I was out, he came out and he was showing me and I'm cutting the grass and all of a sudden, 
this rage began to deal, come up in me. I was so angry and uh, God just dealt with me right there. But see, I was faking everybody out. And if we're not careful, we can do that. We can fake everybody out. Was I a believer? Yes. But can I tell you what was happening on the inside? It was what I it was, what, what you look at was fool's gold. You might think a kill was at peace. You might think everything was great and I had it all together and I had joy. But the reality of it is I was bitter. I was angry and I became so angry and so rage. I began to sob profusely. And I remember the Lord saying, if you'll let me a kill, I'll take that from you. Can I just tell you today, we need to be careful. Pride distorts our vision. We never change when we think everything is fine. Pride hardens our heart and it dims the eyes of our understanding. If you keep uh, from, if you keep your eyes focused on yourself, it will prevent you from changing. That is not what God wants. Pride causes us to see ourselves as a victim. But today the Holy Ghost is reaching for you, telling you, hey, you know what? I'm here to help you. You might have been mistreated. You might have been misjudged, but that does not justify your behavior. God wants to help you today because there is a love that is sweeping in your home. There's a love that's sweeping in this in-person worship experience that is reaching for you, tugging for you, saying, let me help you. See, the answer is this, and I conclude. The answer is this, in the book of Revelation, Jesus addressed the church of Laodicea by telling them, hey, you know what? You all think you have it all together by all of these material things, but the reality is this, you're wretched, you're miserable and poor, you're blind and you're naked. They don't see, they didn't see the true condition of their hearts. And here's what he said. He said, buy from me gold refined in the fire. See, refined gold is soft and pliable free from the corruption and corrosion of other substances. It's when gold is mixed with other metals, copper, iron, nickel, and so on, that it becomes hard, less pliable, and more corrosive. This mixture is called an alloy. But conversely, the lower percentage of alloy, the softer and the more flexible the gold is. Immediately, we can see the parallel. Do you understand? A pure, a pure heart is like pure gold, soft, tender, and pliable. Praise God. God's reaching for us today. I want to tell you this. The immunization that protects us from the affairs of life is coming to grips with the fact that everything is not going to be like I want it. Here's the reality of it. The person that wronged me will more than likely never come back and ask for forgiveness. To avoid infection to avoid the look of fool's gold. Because Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen the vessels. I want you to be encouraged. You might be hard pressed on every side, but you are not crushed. You might be perplexed, but you are not in despair. You might be persecuted, but you are not forsaken. You might be struck down, but you are not destroyed. I want you to know God is here today to help you to avoid infection. You know what I want you to do? Instead of placing the hope on that forgiveness or that apology that might come your way or your demand for change or that dream, you know what? can I tell you? Place it on an altar today. Holding on to it will only freeze you in time 
But God is here today to say, I don't want any fool's gold in my people because what I want to do is send a revival that will shake everything that can be shaken. I want to send a move of God that will stir people. I want to show the world what it's like for my people to love one another. Can I tell you, today let's say, God, I'm putting down the fool's gold and I'm picking up something pure. God, break me and do a work in me. I don't want to be bitter at those that hurt me. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.